Good morning, friends. I'm excited to jump back in to our Follow Me, Joining the Mission of Jesus series. This is the second week of our series. Last week, we explored what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. This week, we're going to take that a step further and talk about how do I grow as a disciple. Just before we do that, though, I do want to just remind us of where we landed last week. We talked about disciples of Jesus, and we highlighted five things um, that disciples of Jesus do or characteristics of who they are. We said that disciples of Jesus cultivate a lifestyle of worship, and we explored that in greater detail. We said that disciples of Jesus connect in community, and we highlighted the fact that one of the best ways to do that is by being involved in a small group. Uh, in addition to what we do when we gather in the larger group on Sunday, we can actually go deeper in our faith by rubbing shoulders and doing life with others in a smaller group of believers. We said that being a disciple of Jesus means that we do the stuff that Jesus did. And so as we'll look at a moment at the Great Commission in Matthew, this is what Jesus has commanded and commissioned us to do, to actually continue the ministry that he started. We then talked about how disciples of Jesus are taught by the Holy Spirit primarily. We do need to learn and encourage each other, and there are so many resources today um, within our church body and around the world, um, but we need to primarily be taught and be discerning things by the Spirit. That's a hallmark of a disciple of Jesus. And then lastly, the characteristic that we focused on was the idea of multiplication, that disciples of Jesus make more disciples of Jesus. Let's revisit quickly before we jump into this week's topic that passage in Matthew 28, I'm going to read it here, um, commonly referred to as the Great Commission. And I think this is a great jumping off point for us. If you want to make the uh, reference, it's Matthew 28, verse 16, um, and it concludes the chapter. And then here in a few minutes, we're going to be looking at Acts 2 as well, and, and sort of the birth of the early church to flesh out some of the ideas that we have for you this morning. Matthew 28, 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come be our teacher this morning as we explore the Word. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your written word, and we thank you for the fact that you actually still speak to us today. And so we ask by your Holy Spirit this morning that you would illuminate 
the words on these pages, Father, that you would illuminate our hearts to receive the message that you are bringing to us, Father. Allow me to be your vessel. Just come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to look briefly at Acts chapter 2. So you're probably pretty familiar with this. This is basically considered by many, you know, the birth of the early church. And so at the beginning of Acts 2, we see the story of when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And uh, we're not going to actually take the time to explore that story this morning. But I think it's important to note that the indwelling, infilling, and empowering coming of the Spirit precedes all of the things that we're getting ready to talk about. So everything that we do as a body of believers is meant to be empowered, endued with power by the Holy Spirit. And so it can be easy as a believer to live our lives in a way that we attempt to do good, in a way that in our own power, in our own strength, we try to muster up the will to do the things that we think Jesus has said for us to do. And the secret that many of us so easily miss this morning is that that's not actually possible. The things that we're called to do as believers, we can only do with and by the power of the Spirit. And so that undergirds everything that we're going to talk about here this morning. But I want to actually flip with you and I encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter. Uh, it's rich with so many good nuggets. Um, we're going to actually go down to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read just a few verses at the end, starting with verse 42. And this is simply giving us a description of the fellowship of believers, which, as I said, is, is the seed or the root of what is now considered the worldwide church of Jesus. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe, and many signs and mir miraculous signs and wonders were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common, selling their possessions and their goods. They gave to each one as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God can use churches of all sizes. But as I mentioned last week, if we'll keep our focus on doing the kingdom work, as Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these other things will be added to you. And so, friends, my prayer for us as a church is that we would be about the Father's work, that we would be kingdom people, that the Spirit would be present when we meet, whether there's five of us, 50 or 500. Friends, if that is what is taking place in our midst, uh, then we will be accomplishing our mission. And so as we looked here in Acts 2.42, I want to point out, and sort of rephrase for you and package for you in a way that hopefully will be easily remembered. 
three sort of summary simple ways that we can grow as disciples so that we can be better about doing the kingdom work of our Father. The first is that to grow as a disciple of Jesus, I need to always be learning. It says here in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' to the apostles' teaching. You know, to grow as a disciple, I need to actually learn. I don't know what I don't know. And as we referenced last week, disciples of Jesus are taught by the Holy Spirit. And so cultivating that, as we said last week, a, a dedicated and intentional time spent with the Lord on a daily basis, developing that routine and that pattern, not in a way that's just rote or just doing it for the sake of doing it, but simply actually making space for the Holy Spirit to meet us without um, sort of all the production that goes into a church meeting, but just me and the Lord one-on-one, -on -one, uh, whether that's reading until he speaks, as we encouraged you last week, whether it's sitting quietly and listening, whether it's worshiping through music, praying in the spirit, uh, or whatever it may be, but making space to spend time with him and to encounter him. And in those ways, he will begin to teach you. In addition to that, utilizing the resources that we are producing as a church, um, and actually, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, discerning what he's saying to you as we share messages, as we have discussions in small groups, all the different things that we do. But as a disciple of Jesus, I need to always be learning. Um, now, I have an important caveat here uh, because it can be easy to interpret the idea of learning as simply um, knowledge acquisition. Now, I am very much um, a proponent of being a student of the Word. I think that our values here are consistent with one that elevates the Scripture as well as the experience of the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't want one without the other. Um, we need to live in that tension between Word and Spirit. And so learning, um, a component of that is very much reading the Bible, uh, reading until he speaks, using those texts to learn and to engage with the Father. But it's not simply a matter of acquiring Bible knowledge. It's actually learning how do I become like Jesus. So there's these things that we read that Jesus does and tells his disciples to do. Well, how do I actually do that? And so it's a process of learning, and it is unique for every one of us. Now, we have a vision as a church. Um, as we say, everybody gets to play, and if everybody gets to play, everybody deserves to be trained. And so we want to continue in the culture of our church, offering opportunities to train folks in the practical uh, ways of doing the things that Jesus did. And so we're going to continue exploring that. But it's foundational to growing as a disciple of Jesus. As an extension of that, because it's not purely knowledge acquisition, part of growing as a disciple is actually practicing. And so we can begin to learn in theory, 
but will never fully develop and grow as a disciple if we don't step out and practice and try the things that we're learning um, from the Holy Spirit and from His Word and from those in leadership around us. You see, the gospel, um, if we think of it in terms of, of sharing the gospel, it's a gospel that needs both proclaimed in words. We need to tell people the good news of Jesus. We need to be sharing our testimony, what Jesus has done for me. But then we also have to demonstrate the gospel. And the best demonstration of the gospel is the power of Jesus expressed in love. Whether that's uh, doing a pay it forward type of thing, buying somebody's coffee in, in the drive through line, praying for someone um, and seeing them healed and letting them know that the Father is doing that because He loves you and wants a relationship with you. We have to actually step out and try and practice um, the things that we're learning to do as disciples of Jesus. Because if we don't, uh, the things that we're learning will simply puff us up. We'll simply become puffed up with knowledge and we need to actually be out there and, and I love uh, this concept that a friend of ours once told us if you're not failing at least some percentage of the time you're probably not trying hard enough and so we need to be practicing these things to the point that we don't always get it right if you're getting it right every single time if every time you approach someone in public to share something that you feel God has put on your heart um, if you're if you feel like you're hitting it out of the park every time then then the process of growing has probably stopped because we need to actually be willing to push past where we're comfortable past what we know and actually begin to try and be okay with missing it from time to time as we say in the vineyard you know there's no need to pretend we can be authentic we can be real and so we don't have to, we tell them, you know, you don't, you don't have to be nice to me in that, you know, if I pray for you and the thing I've shared doesn't make any sense, then you can be honest about that. And I'll, I'll chalk that up to my failure or my uh, growing and learning process. We never want to blame the person that we're praying for, for not getting healed. We're simply learning and growing and our track record is not 100%, but I encourage you to push keep trying to be willing to fail because those are also the moments where the Holy Spirit will come and teach you. You know, one of the best practices that I had developed early in my spirit-filled walk was to come away from a prayer encounter and actually begin to dialogue with the Holy Spirit. All right, what was going on there? That didn't seem to work or that didn't seem to go well. What is it you were doing? And oftentimes he will speak and he will show you things in that moment that will teach you more than you may have been able to learn in the moment if you hadn't come away to ask him those questions. The last thing uh, that this brings me to in growing as a disciple is to push through the inevitable resistance. Friends, we, we do live in the tension between two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And we're on the offensive. We're not on the defense. We are on the offensive, empowered by His Spirit. We are making inroads into the kingdom of darkness. But it is inevitable that to truly grow as a disciple, 
the enemy will resist. And it's important that we realize that. It's important that we realize that so that we're not caught off guard when it happens. But I will tell you, friends, this is the area where most of us stop short. Because we begin to try, we begin to experiment, maybe even we have some failure. But as the resistance begins to come, oftentimes we'll back off. And I have found the times that I'm able to actually, with the Spirit's help, push through the resistance, that is when I really begin to grow and learn like no other time. You know, this can be something as simple as uh, growing in worship. Well, you know, I'm distracted today. I don't really feel uh, like engaging with worship. You know what? I think that's the perfect time to tell your flesh you're not in charge. I'm not going to battle those feelings. Now, I'm not saying fake. Uh, you, you, you can be real. You can be honest with God. I'm not saying you have to hide how you feel. But I think that's the perfect time to actually push through the resistance and ask him to come and meet you and to come and help you um, to actually engage with something that you don't feel like doing. Because I'll tell you, friends, Feelings is one of the areas that the enemy most often manipulates. You know, he um, will try to deceive us through feelings. Now, feelings are good. Emotions, uh, when, when experienced and dealt with in a healthy manner, uh, are very much can be part of our experience. But we can never allow our feelings to lead us more than what God says about us. And God says that we are his children, that we are full of his spirit, that we are righteous, victorious, and that we do have the power to push through the resistance that the enemy tries to bring against us. And so these are the three ways that I wanted to highlight to you this morning that we can grow as disciples of Jesus. We can learn the things that Jesus did and that he's calling us to do. We can begin to practice those things, to sharpen those skills, to have dialogue with him as we go out and try. And then we, with his help, we can push through the resistance um, into new levels of growth in Jesus. I hope you're encouraged this morning. I hope that you'll take advantage of the next steps that we'll be developing throughout this semester as a church. Um, as we said, you know, on a journey with Jesus, it's all about what is your next step. And so it might be different for all of us. We're going to continue cultivating opportunities for you to learn, grow, practice, and as a family, push through the resistance together to become all that Jesus has called us and enabled us to be. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope to see you back in person next week. God bless.